Welcome everyone to a new episode here in Mismo by Miss Moy. I'd like to start this episode with another quotation. And it says, Effective teamwork begins and ends with communication. Welcome and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, hello. So, we're now uh, talking to Mike. Welcome to our podcast. Um, you're, we're here. And Mike, yes, Mike is a good friend of mine. We go way back. Um, way back. Way, 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 way back. And um, he's based in Australia. And he moved there when we were basically kids. Right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he now works in a, we don't need to say the company, but in a university, right? Mm-hmm. Is it yep. a university, yep. a school? As a, can you tell us more about what you do for the university? For sure, for sure. Thanks for, um, thanks for having me, Moy. Um, yeah, play, um, I'm glad to, honored to be here. Uh, uh, yeah, like Moy said, my name's Mike. I work as uh, I guess an alumni coordinator for one of the universities here in Australia, um, Australia National University. I'm sure I can say it. It's on my LinkedIn anyway. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And so my role basically, like I talk to, I engage with alumni. So I talk to alumni, uh, meet them, uh, you know, like find out, figure out their stories and try to tell their stories. I organize events for, for alumni. Um, and yeah, like do, 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 do this calm stuff. Like, um, I do podcasts, I do web stories, videos, all that. Wow. So this is not your first time to be, yeah, this is not your first Mm. time to be exposed to these kinds of things. No, not at all. Not at all. So (laughs) I've been, I've been in the role for like, I've been in, in the, I guess the alumni sector side of things for about eight years now Mm -hmm. um so it's been a while (laughs) nice so um before we uh go into the details of what you do for work um i'd like to also mention that you do basketball coaching is that correct yes i do i i still play basketball but i also um as of like a year and a half two years ago i've started coaching so i coach the women's team for um, the university where I work at, uh, and yeah, it's been it's been a different different experience, and it's been fun, and I've been enjoying it so far. Great, great. So yeah, maybe um, along the way, along the conversation, we can combine both experiences for you when we talk about how we communicate with the different people that we work with. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, Siguro, we'll start with. Um, is there a saying or a word that you always um, tell yourself or you believe in or which which, which represents um, your the way you deal with people like maybe there's a saying that you believe in uh i'm not sure if it's a saying as such mm-hmm. but the one thing i always keep in mind when i'm talking to people is just be authentic you know be real be because it's, I feel like the, the more authentic you are, the more you can connect with people. 
and the more people will be able to open themselves up to you you know um people have like this most people you meet will have a pretty good sense of discerning whether the person they're talking to is kind of like faking it you know mm -hmm. that they're not being they're just doing it just because but when you're real when you're genuine when you're asking questions when you're talking to people when you're conversing and all of that when when you're true to who you are as a person when you're not trying to be someone you're not i think it becomes more relatable to the pe the person or the people that you're trying to talk to um so i think that's the biggest thing for me is just being authentic in who i am like no matter who i talk to i'll try to be genuine with them um i'll try to show them i guess like genuine um in interest in who they are and yeah just trying to give them like attention in um in in, in the topics that we're um talking about great so yeah being authentic and with regard to being authentic um was there any moment or situation that you could remember um like a challenging moment when you started your life there in australia was there any um adjustment in the way that you communicated with people there no um yeah for sure um so i moved here back in 2004 obviously like i grew up in asia i grew up in indonesia and in the philippines it's totally different cultures uh i moved here um to a city called canberra for those who don't know it's the capital of australia um it's a small city um and back when i moved here like, i didn't know anyone right i didn't know anyone so trying to figure out like how people talk and communicate just the, like even just the normal lingo you know the 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 the, the everyday day-to-day -day conversations that you have with people it's totally different from what i from what i grew up in um and at the start i found it challenging because i i didn't know kind of like how do i kind of like portray myself to these people um so I moved here, I was still young, I was still trying to, I guess part of me was still trying to figure out who I was as a person. Mm -hmm. And then you move me to a different culture, a different environment. Um, there becomes like a kind of like a conflict in your head. Like, yes. what do I be? Like, do I try to like, do I try to like talk the way they're talking or do I try to talk the way I'm used to talking? You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it becomes like an internal battle there, in your head. There's a, an identity crisis of sorts. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I remember I, my first, so I got here, when I got here, it was in the middle of the school year. So I couldn't really enroll in, in school first. So I, I, um, well, I, I met some, I met some people. But then I was struggling with with just connecting with them because like mm -hmm. it's a totally different culture which I didn't grow up grow up in. Like not that they weren't nice or anything, but it's just a different it's, vibe. Yes, so, that's a different. Yeah, at the start, like I I kind of struggled, but then eventually, like as you meet people, as you get to know more people, you find out who they are. You you know you find out like 
more of the quirks and all that of like the people that you meet it becomes a little bit easier and you sort of start to transition because you you slowly understand what the culture is like and 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 how people communicate the language that they use even though it's english it's like like the language terminology it's different right yeah it's similar when we talk in filipino right we have our Mm. own terms our own uh, manner of speaking depending on like the group that you're hanging out with right we have our own versions of words i guess it's the same situation for sure for sure so like so yeah yeah, when when i i remember going out with a group of um friends who i met um and yeah i we went to the movies and we were talking after the movies and i remember just we were talking about the movie but i couldn't really kind of like join the conversation like that just because like oh my god like how do I kind of like express myself to these guys like so that's like something that I remember like that's um that struck me once when you know back in my early days when I moved yes but but now uh fast forward to to years after uh you're working right and 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 Mm -hmm. you're you're like what you mentioned earlier you talk to different kinds of people and you even coach. So, um, how do you how do you describe describe now uh, your manner or the way you communicate aside from being authentic? Like, is there like a technique that you use, or like the way you adjust yourself when it comes to dealing with people? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess uh, the number one thing that I I try to do is to know my audience, like to know who I'm talking to right so at work i mostly am talking to alumni uh Mm -hmm. i'll try to like you know find out who they are obviously like you know what they do for work what they studied um try to figure out like you know if if they came from interstate and moved to canberra for university like it's different it's because it's different experiences for like people who you know travel interstate and move to Canberra or travel from overseas and move to Australia to study so like yeah you know first of all it's like trying to figure out the audience right so if I'm talking to alumni try to try to figure out like how I can communicate with a person that you know is doing something in law for example like the way I'll talk to someone in the legal profession would be different from talking to someone like a student, for example. Yes, right? yes. So, so yeah, trying to figure out who, who I'm talking to is the, probably one of the most important things. Like the way I talk to the people at work would be different from how I talk to the girls that I coach. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing. Yeah, great, great. So um, when it comes to your coaching, do you apply the same, the same thing? Or is it more, um, did, did this kind of authenticity and knowing your audience, did it greatly affect how you also talk to um, your team? Yeah. Yeah, good question. Um, <clears throat> the way I talk to, so just for the audience, um, uh, the audience sake, um, I coach, uh, university college age girls so like Mm -hmm. 17 to 22 would be the age range Mm -hmm. um so obviously like the way you talk to them would be different 
Um, is it harder to talk to? I mean, it's still basketball, right? Basketball, you came from yes. the you you came from the the player perspective. That's one. Yeah. And number two, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if there's a culture thing also it, at play, but you are also dealing with. I'm not I'm not bringing the gender card out, but. Mm-hmm. It's kind of true. You still need to consider that language you use would be might be different versus if you coach a boys team. Oh yeah, I don't know. Sure. I don't know. Okay, I I I don't know. Yeah. Yes. For okay. sure. Um. Yes. So, so first of all, yeah, that's 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 one. It's a big thing, actually. Like whether people want to admit it or not, it's it's a big thing. Um. The way you talk to girls and the way you communicate to girls or to women mm-hmm. is different from how you would deal with boys. Because just because the way guys deal with things, the way guys deal with with words, with action, mm-hmm. is inherently different from how women deal with words and action. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, like gender bias or anything like. There's no, there's no, I, I don't think there's any, um, there's any negativity to what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's different, right? So the way I would handle, like, if I'm coaching a guy's team, I'll probably, um, I guess, be a bit more, I don't know, like, this is, this is a tough question, right? But, but yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a different way. Like, you know, you just get a vibe when yes, you're, yes. To, when I'm, when I'm talking to, to the girls that I'm coaching, you got to understand mm-hmm. their personalities as well. Right. Like, like every single girl in that team has its, has their own personality. So, so I'm talking okay. to player A differently than I'm talking to player B because player B will not accept this kind of like, communication um, pattern better than yeah. you know you know what i mean like you know what yeah, I'm yeah, to yeah. like i but, hope i made uh, that clear like yeah but well, okay here maybe let me rephrase the question would you think that there is also like um is what's the most challenging thing that you needed to change in the way that you communicate when you started coaching maybe i'll, I'll face it that way okay I think yeah let's 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 go with that um just the way in delivering information okay like as a player I've I've played basketball for pretty much my entire life right so I've played for numerous coaches numerous teams and all that like I have to remember, like, I have to keep reminding myself that what I, what I say necess- won't necessarily translate in the way I'm thinking it in my mind mm-hmm. to my players because they might not have the same experience as me. So I have to, right. I have to pull it back a little bit. I have mm-hmm. to break it down. You know, like I have to be a bit more detailed in how I explain things. I have to do it step by step. I can't just go, oh yeah, go go there, set a cross screen, and then do a back cut. You know, like if I if I say that, like some of my players might not have the same understanding mm-hmm. as I do. 
so I'm I might need to like break it down like so when you go to this part I want you to you know like like step by basic. step process yeah, step yeah. by step like start from the basics and then build it up so that's right. the biggest thing is 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 learning how to basically teach it's like what you do right you're a teacher mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not automatically uh expect that they understand all the concepts that you know yes yes that's such yeah. a big thing like that's such, such a big thing that i learned um that i can't just say one thing and expect that they'll understand i have to break it down mm, okay and start from the uh, basic so that's the biggest thing that's the biggest thing that i learned great great yeah. uh well uh with with regard to maybe now that we delve into your coaching style um when it comes to work is there is there like uh um, I, I we kind of uh, talked about this off off record, but I, I want to go into detail with this. Uh, when it comes to work, uh, what's the most challenging thing? Is it um, was there a moment that they that you had a hard time explaining things to a client or an alumni, or or was okay? I know this might be, I don't know if. Was race was race an issue when it comes to work? When it comes to communicating to people, or um, any any challenging thing that you can think of? I look. Uh, I'm speaking from my own experience here. I personally haven't had like an a kind of direct like issue in regards to race. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, 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 I don't feel that I'm equipped to speak on that, um, okay. on that issue in itself. Sure, sure. However, a challenging thing sometimes might be, I'll, I'll, in a work setting, right? So yes, I I work at the College of Law, at the university, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes. Part of my work means I have to deal with academics as well, right? Right, right. And trying to get them to be involved in the whole alumni side of things, right? Mm -hmm. the, the biggest misconception about my job with, between, with academics and alumni and all that is that they think I'm there to ask money from people. Like, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not like okay, yeah. I'm an alumni relations manager or like coordinator. My job is to engage alumni. Mm -hmm. My job is not to ask That's for donations. For money. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> difficult conversations usually revolved around, oh, you're the alumni guy. So you know, how can you help me if I if an if I'm talking to an academic, an academic mm -hmm. has this great project that they're working on and they need, you know. They, they want alumni to kind of support it and to, you know, yeah. to fund it and get, get funding and all that. Great. Like, how can you help me raise X amount um, from alumni? You should just do this, this, this. Like, and I'm, so you become I'm like, the sponsor guy. You're yeah, like a sponsorship person. Like, yeah, but technically that's not my job. <laughs> you know, I can, I, can, I can tell the alumni about the amazing research that you do by, you know, holding, we can hold an event where you can present to alumni. But for me, my job ends at like, 
Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not asking for money at that event. My job is to get alumni in the room so that they know some of the stuff that's happening in the college, mm -hmm. and whether or not they give money is like beyond my scope of responsibility. That's not. That's not what <laughs> Basically, I'm. Basically, you're just coordinating everybody to yeah. be in one place. Yeah, so I'm I'm a relationship manager. Like I I try to find ways to kind of like connect people and you know mm -hmm. deal with people, right? So yeah. that's sometimes a difficult conversation because people don't understand that, you know, my job is to do that. Like they think like automatically, oh, you're an alumni guy. You're going to ask, like, if I'm talking to an alumni, oh, you're, I don't want to talk to you. You're going to ask me for money. You know, if I'm talking <laughs> to like an academic. to money already. Yeah, exactly. So that's sometimes <laughs> like, you know, like I have to like pull it back and like, hold on, hold on. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to do that. I'm just here to talk to you. I want to know your story. I want to, I want to write something about you, you know, for our website, blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to do a profile oh. on you, you know? So like, it's explaining that to people and getting them to understand that there's a difference between, you know, an alumni person and a donor relations person. Also, that's a different person altogether. Oh yeah, that's that's two like that's two totally different roles. Like some universities may combine the role into like one role, but like in the structure of our team and our office, it's like two totally like I don't have like targets for like I need to like meet X amount of donations per year mm -hmm. or X amount of dollars. I don't have those targets. Um, so you're basically so more on. So you you mentioned you did the website you do, you do the website also so you, yeah, you do so, the writings and yeah so I write stories like mm -hmm. I'll you know I'll interview someone and do a Q and A with them and then I'll write a story and then post it to our website social media and all that um, like I said I do like a podcast for work as well um, try to coordinate so now you're like, you're you're on the other yeah. side of things. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Now I'm on the other side, which is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So, hmm. yeah, that's so that's the well, we talked about the challenging situations for both work and in coaching. So, uh, well, how do you deal with all the stress? Uh, oh, good question. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's um. The biggest thing I feel like is not taking things too seriously. You know, um, work obviously is a big part of our lives, mm -hmm. um, but it's it's just a part of our lives, right? Um, right? Basketball, it's a big part of my life. Like I play basketball, I coach basketball, but at the end of the day, it's just a part of my life. How I deal with stress is I try to compartmentalize those things. So when something is going wrong at work like i'll just think to myself okay that's work like when i'm done with work i'm not going to think about that i'm going to focus on this part now and then we'll deal with that the next day when i'm when i need to be back at work it's same thing with basketball as much as it this is hard this is harder for me because i love basketball right yeah so, yeah yeah knowing you, you know, oh my gosh yeah so like <laughs> The bad, the basketball stuff probably affects me more, which, which is funny. <laughs> but um, but hey, that that's you know that's one of my passions. But um, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, you just try not to think too much about it. It's at the end of the day, it's basketball. It's just basketball. 
So it's trying to compartmentalize and not trying to let one thing bleed into the other so that it affects, you know, multiple aspects of your life. I think that's the biggest thing. And I, I, I like, I, I work out a lot. So that's my, you know, time to de-stress and like yeah, exercise. So it's a big thing for me. Nice, nice. So um, now that you've told us about how you distress, right? And mm. probably there are times that you, um, how do I say it? Get new ideas, probably. I, I know you, you tell us that you, you have to learn how to compartmentalize so that you don't get stressed. But mm-hmm. there are times that when you're super relaxed, you get a lot of ideas, right? For mm-hmm. work or for coaching. Mm-hmm. Um how open is your team or your 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 organization to your new ideas and how do you uh, tell them about it are they open to your new ideas yeah for sure um so at work like i'm pretty fortunate that i work with colleagues that are generally open to some of the crazy things that i come up with like i have supportive people at work that you know will try to hear me out at the very least and and see what I'm trying to do like for example like the 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 whole podcast idea at work um Mm -hmm. basically that started during the pandemic uh obviously I can't I can't go out and meet people or I can't go out and meet alumni which is a huge part of my job so what can I do to still do my job and to still meet people? So I started to think about ways in which I could do that. And the first, like one of the things I thought about was like, oh, if I'm, if, if I'm like interviewing people for like a written story, I usually do it via email or like I'll give them a phone call or like something like that. So like, when Zoom was like, you know, start, you know, started to like gain prominence, I'm like, why can't I just Zoom and then <laughs> record it and then yeah. we'll make it into like a podcast kind of thing? Yeah. And I, I pitched that idea to um, our marketing guy and he was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's, let's do it. Yeah, it's, um, it's a, yeah, go ahead. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm really fortunate to be working with open-minded individuals. Uh, I know not everyone has that luxury, so I feel really fortunate to be working with those with those people. Um, and it's such a big thing that you have supportive people around you that you can be open and be able to communicate with. Great. So. Uh you spoke about or you mentioned that this podcast idea was created because of the pandemic right Mm. so any other ideas that you thought of um during the pandemic that really created a spark um in the in the way that you work in the way that you communicated with people and yeah basically doing your job aside from the podcast right so another big part of my job is doing events yeah like pre-covid events would be char- characterized as something that's in person you know you gather people in a room you do like you know 
a panel discussion that's in yeah, the room. or exhibits or, or yeah, something or exhibits, like that. something like that. Yeah. Um, despite COVID happening, my job doesn't stop. I still had to, you know, meet my requirements. So what's what's next for events in the COVID world? Obviously, like you have Zoom capabilities now, so it's like opening up like webinars right like right, panel right. discussions online that was such a big thing like especially during the start of covid i felt like in a and u at least mm -hmm. our team was one of the early adapters of that um of that medium we did like a really good job of of transforming our what would be in-person events to online events obviously it's different you don't get the you know the socialization factor mm -hmm. in an online setting but then the plus side is that you have a bigger reach because yes. with online events you there's no geographical boundaries there's no time boundaries you can reach out to someone in the u.s you can reach out to someone in the uk in the philippines whatever um, right and right. try to connect with them so that's another thing that I felt that we we did really well. Um, and yeah, so even until now, we still do a small amount of like um, online events. Obviously, like I think at some point people had like Zoom fatigue and all that. But so yeah, so I was we, about to ask how 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 do you deal with Zoom fatigue over there? <laughs> yeah, well, um, Australia's like well, right now, like Australia's pretty much back to what it oh. was pre-covid yeah really um, so yeah we we kind we like we we have no limit on like um in-person events so we do in-person events now um some of it is hybrid online slash in-person mm -hmm. we still do a small amount of like um online only events um but yeah like a lot of the things we do now it's... is pretty much like back to pre-covid uh Okay, maybe for the next two questions, I'll lay it down right now. So mm -hmm. aside from Zoom, um, are there other platforms that are frequently used there in Australia? Maybe you can share it with us. And the number two question, um, do you think that the hybrid setup would totally be out of trend or will it always be part of us? Uh, other platforms, hmm. I think Zoom's the biggest one. Um, we've used like obviously Microsoft Teams for like yeah. um, mainly internal for like within, yeah internal yeah. stuff. Um, but I think Zoom's the biggest one. Like at least for where I'm working at, uh, mm -hmm. it's it's mostly been Zoom. So I I, I don't know. I can't speak for the other stuff. Um, yeah. And as far as hybrid events, I I think that I think it's here to stay, but I think it depends on how here's my thing with hybrid it's it's yeah. incredibly hard to set up really you think it is it is why like I feel like with hybrid events like so when I think of hybrid I'm thinking that there's like a panel in the room that uh -huh. you know like a panel discussion happening within the room and someone's videoing it so like, you know, logistically from an event management perspective, 
you have to have like an AV guy in the room right, full time, right. making sure that you know the whole thing is like working right so that yeah, for live streaming yeah. yeah for live streaming so that's one one thing um uh-huh. well if you ha- if you have an unlimited budget that's easy because you can just hire people <laughs> but if not like you have to have like some expertise in kind of like um setting up like that, that so that's AV another person. challenge yeah that's another challenge for you the budget for your events. yeah of course yeah yeah i mean everybody has a problem with budget yeah. right yeah yeah so yeah so that's <laughs> one sorry you cut off there a bit oh yeah i got yeah i just said yeah i agree yeah mike uh, yep sorry G- yeah. give me one sec is that better yep better okay cool i said i said earlier i just said hello and then yeah, you got yeah, cut yeah. off again yeah um so yeah sorry so yeah so yeah there's you said that- budget and then you said i don't remember what you said after budget budget and then there's like the technical expertise and setting mm-hmm. up like the 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 venue the equipment and all that and then another challenge you have is the the technology like i've had a few instances where the technology didn't quite um didn't quite do as well as we planned um and then the connection for those listening online kept dropping out so just like how we experienced it <laughs> yeah exactly right um so there's those and then the other thing is like when you're doing a hybrid event i don't know i'm just posing a question to you right if, yeah, if you know that you can log on online and listen to the event and have the recording on for later would that would that prompt you then to like not bother going to the actual event do you know what i mean right 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 so so from i'm i'm speaking here from like an event management perspective if i'm managing an event i want as many people in the room as i can because it of makes course. for a better atmosphere now if i'm doing a hybrid am i cutting into the potential people that will be in the room so that's just something to think about right which makes sense right mm. hmm. maybe we can post that question in our Q&A portion of the podcast later yeah. right <laughs> but yeah it, it makes sense because I've also attended a few um, webinars where um, some do record and post it uh, um, for public consumption mm. but some don't yeah i think the the difference the main difference from an attendee's point of view is that those who post it for public are the ones who um don't require payment mm-hmm. for the webinar but mm-hmm. those who don't post it for public are the ones who actually um ask you to pay for to be an attendee yeah yeah, yeah. so i think it depends like you're if you pay i think there's like an urgency if you pay but mm. if it's for free then you're like oh it's for free yeah. they're gonna post it anyway yeah, i don't exactly. know i don't know maybe maybe the the money issue is there i guess yeah and then and maybe. then yeah it's also like as if, if i'm to, if i'm looking at it as a 
as a person who is kind of interested in the topic but not fully interested like if it's hybrid then i'll be like ah yeah all right i'll just log on online and just put it in the background and whatever wash dishes or whatever yeah exactly whereas like if i know that there's only gonna be an in-person then maybe i might be more prompted to like actually attend you know like there's this like i don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it but it's just it really depends on the situation yeah it depends on the situation and the priorities of the of the organizers and and all that so yeah right right so wow okay great and then i think we covered the basic questions basic papalayon i think we covered most of what we what i wrote yeah i think so gender culture world world situation good and effective communication you mentioned that as well mm, maybe two two last questions unless you want to add more um one question uh, if you were to uh, pinpoint someone who influenced you a lot when it comes to your work ethics and communication who would it be and why And maybe for the last question, if you have any tips for our listeners, especially the students, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, influence in my work ethic. Um, I look up to my uh, my dad's work ethic a lot. Like yeah. he's 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 a hard worker, and he works he works hard. Like uh, man, if I even had like half the work ethic that my dad had has like even mm. until now um oh my god that would be crazy um okay. in terms of his work but yeah um <clears throat> he's he's amazing he's he's like in terms of work ethic like i think he's like up there um in terms of um communication i've been fortunate to work with some really good um bosses in in my in my career especially at ANU who who have who have helped me um who have helped mold my um the way i think and the way i communicate with people one in particular was my very first boss um at ANU uh her name's Lee Sublet uh and the way she just communicated with people it's it's pretty cool because she would find a way to relate to the person no matter who she was talking to she just had so, a way like she always presented her thoughts really clearly and she was really calm in how she spoke with people calm but like to the point firm. you know what i mean yeah. yeah yeah so i really admired that and um yeah she was a pretty big influence in 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 how i try to shape my in, in in how i shape my career um nice and then sorry what's the next question the if you have any tips or suggestions uh for our listeners especially the students listening um what would it be yeah for sure um is this from a communication standpoint or communications or career standpoint yeah. Yeah. like you being a coach as well maybe mm-hmm. something inspiring the, i think that yeah that's the biggest thing uh 
the biggest thing for me, like I said at the very start, is be authentic, be true mm-hmm. to who you are, know who you are, and stick to it. Um, and people will appreciate that. I get. I I think. Um, and then the next thing is be curious. You know, never be afraid to ask questions. Never be afraid to try different things. You know, even if even if it doesn't work out, who cares? You know, like just chalk it up to experience. Always be curious. Always ask questions. Um, and that's that's the only way you end up learning. Um, and then lastly, is don't be afraid to fail like failure is a part of life um we will all fail at something at some point uh and the biggest lessons you will learn in life will probably come from those failures so don't be afraid to fail nice nice thank you for those uh, three very inspiring uh tips for our listeners so Yeah, um, I guess that's it for us. Um, any last words? No? Uh, I just want to thank you again for having me. Um, it's been a pleasure um, to you know talk to you and to see you doing this is amazing. Like I <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I hope like I know it's honestly genuinely like feel honored to be on 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 this show and I hope I hope you got something out of it. I hope your listeners get something out of it. And um, yeah, I'll, I look forward to looking uh, to hearing more um, from this podcast. Thank you, thank you so much, and hope to see you soon. All right, for sure. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.